It's the Horrorphoria Podcast. Don't touch that dial. Andy Gilly and John Richards are your hosts of this weekly podcast to rate and review horror movies. Is it good? Is it bad? <laughs> Is it a classic? Find out now. <laughs> Welcome to the Horrorphoria Podcast. It is Friday, May 29th of 2020, episode number 64, broadcasting from our tribute to Stuart Gordon Studios in Wausau, Wisconsin. I'm John Richards. And Andy Gilly. Stuart Gordon, man. Yeah. We should have really included him in our top directors, I think. This, this, well, I won't say what I think it is, but save that till the end. Okay. Uh, You're going to include that in your, or in your score or your review? In the review. Oh, interesting. Well, I'll just say it's a classic. This is a classic movie for sure. I mean, it really is. That's, I agree with that a hundred percent. Oh, I, you know, it's like every week I'll find a new podcast. Yeah. And then, you know, I'm, I'm, I think. Fangoria should hire us because we mentioned them a lot. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Fangoria's got one. You're familiar with Mick Garris, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. The director? Sure. Like the most recent one he did was um, the theater one. It's on Shudder. Uh, Nightmare Cinema, which was okay. real, I enjoyed that. It's an anthology. But he's got a podcast on there called Postmortem. Oh, really? And he brings on like like all like producers and stuff like that and actors from horror movies. Um, I listened to the last two episodes that he did. The episode 90 was with Guillermo del Toro. Oh, really? Okay. That is one of the most interesting people I have ever heard in my life. I can listen to that guy talk all day. And then the 91 was a tribute to Mick Garris. So one of the, the producers of Fangoria interviewed Mick Garris. Oh, really? It's just, I mean, he seems like a great dude. Yeah. If you get a chance, it really Check is it good. I mean, because it's, it's not like... It's not like a journalist interviewing somebody. It's not a, sure. it, it's, you know, because he's the one that created Master of Horrors mm-hmm. like a long time ago. It was like two seasons where they, they he got some of his friends. He did his own couple of movies. Stu, uh, like Stuart Gordon did a couple of the Master of Horrors where they, they had a vision of a horror movie and they just created what they want with nobody else telling them what to do. Sure. So cool. Um, it's wow. interesting. It's called Postmortem. And again, it's Fangoria and Fangoria. Hello. <laughs> it's... One of my favorite magazines when I was a kid, that's for sure. For sure. Uh, horror movie news. Horror movie news. The reboot of Urban Legend has a director. Vulture.com reports that Colin Minahan, who has helmed a number of indie features, including What Keeps You Alive, will be directing the film. Uh, it is rumored to be taking place on a college campus this time. Focuses on Urban Legends linked to the darkest corners of social media. I can't honestly say I remember that movie. I, you know, I, I don't think I wa- actually didn't watch a lot of late '90s horror. Like the, uh, I know what you did last summers. I really, they're, I just don't remember them at all. I maybe saw one or two of them, but yeah, I, I didn't watch a lot of horror at the in the late '90s. Uh, that changed when Blair Witch Project came out. That's true. Well, some of those are just dumb. It was it was kind of a well I don't want to offend anyone but yeah it was a, it was a not I don't think the greatest era in horror no nope. um, I like the Final Destinations they're kind of of that yeah those are different and yeah. like the gore in those were actually like yeah. and, spot on and there was some Jeepers Jeepers Creepers I liked that one that was okay but it's you know it, 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 not not horror's greatest uh, era <laughs> not the greatest so, decade ever not really. Uh, <laughs> In other things too, music, for instance. But well, anyway, uh, 
<laughs> late '90s music. I don't, I don't know. Um, that's a whole other Ken Horns. That's, that's a different podcast. Aaron Head reports that Nev Campbell will have a cameo in the upcoming Blumhouse reboot of The Craft as well. We've been talking about uh, Nev Campbell a little bit uh, in Scream Five, but she's also going to be in a cameo in the Blumhouse reboot of The Craft. She was in the original, right? She was. Oh, yeah, that's she, cool. She relates. She didn't really want to be a part of the reboot, that they have a very interesting take on the film, and that caused her to be motivated to want to do it. Uh-huh. Uh, according to Blumhouse, it is about a young girl starting in a new school who befriends three other girls and quickly becomes the fourth member of their clique. She soon learns that she somehow brings great power to the quartet. That sounds kind of familiar, but <laughs> it's a very, it's not, uh, so I don't know what the interesting take that Nev Campbell is talking about is, but uh, it will be interesting to find out. Article also talks about how the original is really a snapshot of the, the I thought this was really interesting. The article itself, the author of the article talks about how it was really a snapshot of goth, goth culture at that time. And that's what I've always said about this reboot. Like. It's, it's like Easy Rider is like a quintessential 1969 film. You can't make a reboot of, of Easy Rider and set it in, in 2020, you know? Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it's a 1969 film. It's, it's so part of that era. And that's the way I feel about the craft. It's really, I think this guy hits it head on. It's a snapshot of goth culture at that time that was kind of, you know, that was... Before, kind of pre-Marilyn Manson. I mean, he. I think I think they started the band in 96. Yeah. It was pre, like, the whole Columbine thing, which kind of changed things in that, uh, that culture. So it, it's very much a 1996 film. And I, I just, I'm wondering how this is going to work in any other year. See, you that know? makes a lot of sense. They, they, yeah. the, and like I never could put my finger on it. Like, I, I was like, this is a 1996 film. Why? Yeah. You know, and this article really does a good job of it. The author of the article just kind of puts some uh, of his own stuff in the first couple paragraphs. And it's... Uh, well, I love, the, I love the idea, uh, the way you put it with Easy Rider. Yeah. You know, it's a late 60s It's a movie. 1969 film. How would you set that even in 1974? It wouldn't work, you know? No. It, it just wouldn't, and, and that's what I always thought about the craft. Like it's a 1996 film, you know. It's so 96 that that it just uh, I don't know how it's going to work in 2020. But uh, Nev Campbell was convinced that they were doing what they were doing was good enough to appear in it. So we'll see. Wonder if they have anything with a pandemic with it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I uh, hope not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Too soon. Too soon, John. <laughs> Bad dreads. Well, they have some pandemic themed horror films already. Uh, Corona zombies. I don't know. What, whatever, man. I, I'm not real interested in seeing that, but. Uh, I think the real world is scary enough uh, on that <laughs> that whole thing. Dread Central, one of my former favorite horror movie websites, they've improved their theme. Remember how I complain about it all the time? Yeah. yeah it looks a lot better. Uh, it had a story about a guy who was making uh, videos about Michael Myers' life in quarantine. <laughs> that was kind of funny. The uh, Twitter account, Bad Photoshop Guy. It's just like it's spelled altogether, Bad Photoshop Guy. He's documenting the things Michael Myers is doing while staying at home. So he's got Michael Myers, like uh, the one I saw, he was mimicking different movie posters. So he was doing like the Titanic thing. And, I don't know. It was pretty funny. It's something you might want to check out. There wasn't a whole lot of uh, news. I'm kind of scratching for it uh, this like, week. Oh, so. I just can't. I mean, yeah, there isn't anything going on. Not, not a whole lot going on right now. I mean, that's I would much say, it. I'll say this. And if, if things are kind of like starting to move forward as they seem like they are, mm-hmm. I think we're going to start seeing a lot more. Like when it comes towards the end of the year, yeah, I think so. Yeah, so well, I think there's some of these movies that are in the can, and they just keep, there's no not even any theaters. To I know, get they, them out. And, and they've really stopped the distribution process because there's some of these theaters that are opening now have no movies to show. Mm-mm. 
So, well, yeah, because there's no distribu- distribution of the new ones. Right, exactly. And that's the problem they're running into. So, yeah, I think I think by the end of the year, we're going to have a lot more horror movie news. Yeah, well, and I, I'm hoping that they release some of this stuff on, you know, the on-demand, like we've talked about in past episodes. Yeah. Of like, you know, spend 20 bucks and get the brand new Candyman movie or right. whatever. And, I, and, I've, and I've seen some of them that are going to be released that way. So we'll see. I'm hoping. Uh, horror movie trivia. The main score of the movie, The Reanimator, Reanimator, bears a striking resemblance to which classic horror movie? Um, Frankenstein? Mm, Psycho. 19, Psycho. Okay. 1960. Okay, yeah, yeah. Um, I know Frankenstein was what they were trying to go for there, and that didn't really... Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Reanimator spawned two sequels, Bride of Reanimator and Beyond. Reanimator in 2003. Bride of Reanimator was in 1990. A fourth 2006 sequel was planned called House of Reanimator. It was never made. Plot centered around reanimating this very alive former president. Was it... Uh, you said 2006? Yes. Very alive. Uh, I don't yeah, know. Jimmy alive. Carter. It is uh, George W. Bush. They're going to reanimate George W. Bush. I guess. I, I don't know. It sounded <laughs> sounded rather political. I, maybe it's good it didn't get made. I, I don't know. Uh, but yes, that was the 2006 sequel that never got made called House of Reanimator. I did see that. Like it, it went into developmental hell. Yeah, I think so. Because, I don't know. Probably Stuart Gordon's like, nah, I'm yeah. done with it. I don't. Right. Don't do it. Did you ever see these other two? Uh, I've seen Bride a long time ago, uh, that, and it's on it's on Shutter, and I wanted to watch it, but I just got busy because I got other things to do this weekend. Right? <laughs> yeah, you do. Yeah, actually, we should have done that for horror movie news. You should, uh, or were you talking about that later? Oh, let's talk about it afterwards. Okay. Sounds good. Beyond Reanimator, I never saw though. I haven't seen so, that either. I haven't seen that one. Um, 2003. Yeah, they, yeah, Reanimator just came back on to Shutter. They moved it for maybe a month, and but okay. Bride has been on there for a while, so. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw it on Amazon actually as part of my uh, Showtime uh, subscription. That Reanimator? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Reanimator's on on Amazon if you have a subscription to Showtime, which um, which I do because Sarah ordered it and uh, I forgot to cancel it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she I said I, I ordered Showtime to watch something. I, Make sure you cancel it. Well, I didn't. So when you, she you've been drinking this, too much, uh, man. I, I, I've been drinking a lot during the quarantine. It's bad, yeah. <laughs> Me too. Me too. <laughs> Andy's chainsaw synopsis. Okay, Dan Kane, medical student at New England University, joins up with an eccentric roommate who has a secret history of necromancy. I guess. Uh, Dan's relationship with the dean's daughter and a sinister professor bent on stealing the formula that can bring the dead back to life cause chaos as the dead begin coming back. Yes, they do. Did you put Did you put in parentheses, I guess? Uh, no, I, okay. that, that was my own uh, necromancy. Uh, I don't know if necromancy is really the word for this, but uh, that's more magic dealing with. Uh, that was a good. That was, that was actually really good, though. Um, all right. Well, we're going to be talking about uh, Stuart Gordon's, like, I would say his first I mean, I know he did a movie before this, but we're talking about Stuart Gordon's classic from 1985, The Reanimator, in its entirety, which you can find on Shudder once again. Uh, If you have not seen this movie, don't be dumb. Go and watch this. Pause the podcast and come back to find out what we have to say about it. Uh, Initial thoughts of The Reanimator after rewatching, because the last time Andy watched this was on VHS. Yeah, the last time I watched this was on VHS for sure. Um... This is definitely a classic movie. I I remember seeing I remember seeing it on VHS uh, when I was 
you know, younger, uh, this would be one of those movies I watched when I went over to that guy's house who we used to watch horror movies all the time. And uh, Down in the basement. Yeah, down in the basement. And, uh, you know, the guy whose mom was never there. <laughs> is this Carlo? <laughs> no, it's not Carlo. It's another guy. Uh, but, uh, no, Carlo and I uh, watched a lot of movies when we were teenagers, and I was uh, more like 12 or 13 when I was watching movies mm-hmm. with this guy. Um, maybe even 10, 11, I don't remember, but I went to elementary school with that guy. But yeah, this is one of those I saw at his house. It is, uh, I think it, I think it stands the test of time. Yeah. I think it's, it's definitely campy in some parts. Mm-hmm. It's kind of silly in some parts. It's, uh, definitely not a big budget no. movie. Uh, not a, uh, but it, it, it holds up. I think it's a good movie it, and it's a classic. Did you have fun watching it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I did. I had fun watching it again. Mm-hmm. I, I really have nothing to add to that because I'm in total agreement. This movie's a classic. Uh, it should be on your must-watch list, especially you know if you have those formats where you can watch it for free. I mean, this is something that you'll you get enjoyment out of. I, I don't care that it was 1985. Yeah, it didn't have that feel to it. You know, maybe some of the clothes and there's a lot of Nike you know, stuff. in It this really wasn't. Too. It really wasn't over the top as far as the 80s went either. I didn't. No, think. Really I mean, wasn't. like uh, um, Dan Kane's haircut and stuff wasn't. Uh, and the uh, what's the uh, the woman's name? Meg. Uh, Meg. Yeah. I mean, uh, this is a people always think of the big hair in the 80s, but that was more towards the end of the 80s, actually, into the 90s. Like, the biggest hair was actually 1990 and 91, I think. So you hadn't even gotten into that yet, I don't think. So I, I didn't get, like, a... Uh, the the fashions and the hair and stuff weren't so over the top that I was, like, no taken out of it at all. No, and it didn't feel that way. It didn't feel like, like you know, a dusty old relic. Mm-hmm. You know, for me, and... The security guard was smoking in the hospital. That's that was true, a little... like chomping on the cigar. <laughs> that was a little different. Some see, but, um, I, and the one thing I also noticed, and I love her for this, is Barbara Crampton. Yeah. She is such a, a horror movie enthusiast, and, and she's always leaned into horror movies. Mm-hmm. You know, she's done so many. She's actually done a few with Stuart Gordon, and, you know, she she's she's, you know, playing the trumpet of horror movies and the one thing i completely forgot is how good of a screen queen she was she, she is yeah. i mean she's a horror movie mm-hmm. icon but she was also like like because all those screens were hers mm-hmm. you know yeah. and and it was just like you know what makes a horror movie it's it's over eccentric gore you know the nudity obviously right. um the campiness you know the the some of the levity that they put into there, you know, and just the overall story to it, and this holds up. I mean, it's just and Jeff Jeffrey Combs, man, he is like such a he's an icon as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's kind of like the the horror movie equivalent, or and maybe a little toned down from Jim Carrey because he's so melodramatic. Yeah, and, and he he overacts a little in this, but it's totally appropriate. Like he's a weirdo. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. He plays it. T- so perfectly he does uh, and i don't yeah i mean it, it was a little over the top in in some of it but i think that 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 fit with the uh herbert herbert west is his name right yeah herbert west character i mean it, it did it, it was agree. not it was it didn't take me out of the film either i, I thought he was uh 
And when I was in the first scene, the first scene, maybe there was a little bit. But once uh, once I got into the movie, I was like, oh, this totally works with this guy. Well, I don't think. Yeah, I, I think it because that's exactly what he was right in the middle of the movie. Yeah. Like, like he was at he was at his 10. Yeah. You know, at the beginning of the movie. And, you know, you're like, oh, OK. Well, that, that was what I, you know, the first while. scene. I, and I remember the first scene before. And, you know, when you watch a movie when, with when you're a kid, you don't catch that stuff. The and only I was thing like, you remember is the gore in that. that right. Exactly. So that's a great segue. So let's let's start right there. We're at a university <laughs> in Europe. Yeah. Um, we, we got a group of people that are going to this office, Dr. Groover. Hans Gruber. Uh, Hans Gruber. I, I, you noticed that too? Yes, I, was I like, did. I was thinking Die Hard. Yeah. <laughs> it's the Hans Gruber. Villain from Die Hard, Hans Gruber. Yeah, so Dr. Gruber, uh, his door is locked and you hear some screaming. They break in. Um, you see Dr. Gruber like gray and convulsing and um, Herbert West, played by Jeffrey Combs, is, stand, is over him with a, with a syringe and he gets up and he's like Dr. Gruber's just kind of going crazy. <laughs> he grabs his head and his like eyeballs start blowing out. It's like his face explodes. Mm-hmm. Not like a literal explosion, but like just almost melting too. Right. Like the, I, that was great cuz all all of this was like practical. Yeah, it was a gr- it was a good pra- it was a good practical effect and it wasn't uh it really wasn't out of place today. I mean, it, it, no. looked, it looked good. No, it just looked like a lower budget practical effect. Sure it did. And it looked good. It, I thought it did. Um, so The that, uh, blood gets blown a little on the face of the uh, lady who See, who that comes was in. great, though. I, yeah. mean, I mean, it was, and there wasn't overuse. No, and like, it wasn't over. No. Like it, buckets it, of blood no, going I on. I thought it was game. good is what I'm saying. No, I mean, perfect. I, yeah. I thought that when his, like, it was, his eyeballs explode, blood goes in this lady's face. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was really good. Yeah. I, I, I thought it was a good effect. And. Uh, you know the yeah like it wasn't over the top like uh-uh. it, it was the appropriate amount of blood for when a some a pair of eyeballs exploding in your face and <laughs> melt yeah it's just kind of, it, that was great um, it was they they accused him of killing Dr Gruber but you know he he makes the 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 um, the line he says uh, I gave him life yes so then that sets up our. Uh, our opening sequence of the title yeah, the, and everything. The opening credits I found kind of interesting too. Um, I was actually okay with it. I, the, I like, the opening credits, like the font is from some eighties TV show that I can't place right now. You know what it reminded me of? And, and I couldn't think of back to any TV show that I've seen. I, I thought of stranger things. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah. You know they, what? Maybe that is, maybe that's what I'm thinking. Cause it really looked like the font from stranger things. Yeah. Cause they, they pay homage to the eighties, you know, yeah, maybe with, that's, with maybe that's of, why I think that. You yeah. Know? And maybe it was, you know, I mean, obviously this was the eighties. Yeah. You know, right. Mid eighties. Right. So they're going to use that. Right. Uh, so I, I thought, and I thought the score was great. I mean, I don't, I don't think it was a complete ripoff of, of what Psycho was, but it was a great homage to it because, yeah, sure. it, it, you know, it's set. It was a little terrifying, but I mean, this movie overall was like to me, I was, was pretty darn humorous and just, you know, hit with oh, yeah. all the gore. I mean, the gore was great. Yeah. I mean, um, it's, it, I wouldn't categorize it as a horror comedy, but it had some good funny scenes in it that well, uh, and it didn't take uh, Stuart Gordon didn't take this serious I uh, no. took it seriously but he didn't take himself too seriously right. to where you know he's very fart sniffy when it comes to oh no this is a straight up horror no he leaned into it, it yeah was he fun. sure he did yeah I'm the cat scene and everything which we'll get oh, to yeah. yeah why do you make me watch a movie where a cat dies twice twice in a row that's true that's two <laughs> two cat deaths two cat deaths in my two bad weeks. i'm sorry yeah, no kidding man but you got to watch a classic I, I did so we go to a medical school in uh massachusetts there's a woman dying in bed uh we meet dan who's trying to resuscitate her um see i 
not a lot of the dialogue really landed for me. To me, it was just kind of filler. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know that doctor said, you know, sometimes you just have to let it go. Right. Um, which and I think that was probably the most important line. Yeah, and I think I think because it comes to into play later in the movie. It does, and I think the they're end. trying to say something about Dan Kane's character here, where he cares about his patients, and maybe that's why he's willing to kind of research this with Herbert West in, in that. Uh, you know, sometimes I wonder how much of this kind of stuff gets written out of the movie. You know, that was in the original script. Maybe it's like he was more interested in in this reanimation thing because he had been kind of affected by this death or he didn't like to see his patients die. Well, you got Uh, that vibe. And you're right. You know, maybe because this movie was, I guess, originally two and a half hours, but they had to. Oh, is that right? They had to cut like an hour of it. So maybe you dive more into why he cares or, or, or get the backstory of him caring a lot more. And, the, and that's but you what, get that vibe from him. Though. No, I do get that vibe from him. And I think that's what the character, I think that's why the character was uh, willing to entertain this insane idea uh, of Herbert West and was willing to go along with all of this stuff because he did have a kind of a, tra- he was kind of traumatized by people dying w- w- under his care. You know? Yeah. Well, and, and that's right. But in, in the transition of him jumping on board was was really a quick transition. And you know, it was. And then that's the thing. Like I that kind of stuff gets cut out a lot, like motivations yeah. and, and backstory and stuff. That That's the first thing to go on the cutting floor. Mercifully, because I don't want to watch a two and a half hour movie. You know? That's true. <laughs> if reanimators two and a half hours long, this, that's <laughs> that's that's not that's silly but uh you know it, it was an hour and 25 minutes i think and it was perfect i yeah, mean it, so it, it's your perfect to, it's yeah. your perfect horror movie that's um, kind of my uh my thought on on uh, on his character in in seeing that scene um you know that that he's he's just very unwilling to stop the compressions uh he won't doesn't want to let this this person die he's he's covered in sweat you know he's exhausting himself to try to save this person right and uh, I think that plays into why he might be willing to play around with this uh, necromantic potion or whatever you want to call it uh, <laughs> that Herbert West uh, makes him aware of later in the movie. Right. Right. So Dan takes the, takes this patient that passed away to the morgue. There's a, like the, the, the morgue or, the, or where they keep the bodies is another like cool room, I guess. Right. And there's so many other bodies in there. And we, we also meet Dr. Hill who's working on a body and he's got this laser that he's pointing into the, the corpse's head that comes into play later as well. Um, Herbert comes back. He's at this, at this school in Massachusetts um, saying that, you know, he's a third year resident or whatever, and, you know, going to be working with Dr. Hill. And there's like this tension between Dr. Hill and Herbert. Right. Cause then he mentioned to him and it's like um, something about six to 12 minutes that the brain stays alive after. Yeah, after the, he is. After the yes. heart stops. Yep. And, you know, Herbert kind of scoffs at him and it's like, ah, your, your, your way of thinking is so old. Right. You know, and it's so backward or outdated. That's what he says. Um, we get introduced to Meg Bar, the beautiful Barbara Crampton. Mm-hmm. She's fantastic. Uh, nice little transition, like like there's a hug and then they're in bed and they're doing it. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, again, these conversations kind of didn't really have a lot to play in it, but I think maybe it was just to build the characters that well, they really yeah, love. And, and, right. And basically, uh, Dan is dating. The, she is Meg is the uh, dean's daughter. Correct. And 
Um, you know, you got to remember this is the eighties. There's like a, a morality clause basically to stay in, in med school. It sounds like. Yeah. And by doing this, he's kind of violating the, 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 uh, morality clause, I think. So he's got something to hide here in that he's, that he's actually has a sexual relationship with the Dean's daughter. Right. And he's not just, cause I think he's trying to play it as just being study buddy of, of the Dean's daughter. Right. I mean, that's why he's, he comes to pick her up. Well, the, the, he knows because like later on when there's dinner at the Dean's house, he, he mentions like, well, he's, she's seeing Dan, Oh, okay. you, you know, I, like, the, their boyfriend and girlfriend. So but like yeah. you said, maybe, maybe it's just that innocent, you know, hold hands, right. a and, peck on the cheek every and, once and in I a while. I think like the sexual relationship is where it where it crosses the line and he's violating this morality code that they have uh, which they could still you know enforce back then and i think that that was something that uh went into even the 90s where i if you you know if you violated certain things or did certain things you could get get kicked out of school mm. um and uh that was still still going on in the 80s and obviously he's uh you know he's he, they're both aware that that uh this could cause them problems so they've got something to hide here well, and she does mention, you know, you get your MD, we'll get married and right. live happily ever after. So, right. And again, there, some of the dialogue was just like, okay, you know, whatever. Yeah. But th- there were some important things. But, <laughs> you know, but once it starts picking up, man, this movie does not let up. Uh, we got Herbert. Um, Dan had po- put a pen uh, or looking, for, looking a for a roommate. Yep. So Herbert shows up, scares Meg and Meg's very like hesitant of Herbert, um, gives him the grand tour. Uh, and he asked if there's a basement. He goes down there. Uh, Herbert goes down there. He's like, this will work. So he pulls out a wad of cash, gives it to him. And he's like, OK, you're moving in. Right. Uh, we go to the next day. Dr. Hill's teaching students how to look at a skull during autopsy. Again, he brings up the six. To, the brain stays alive six to 12 minutes and gives this glare to Herbert. Right. This is the second movie in, in, a, in a week where I've seen someone uh, like scalped, too. Autopsy, man. We're we're doing all autopsies. <laughs> I guess we are, man. Except we're not because, doing reanimation. They did the same anymore. thing as they did in Autopsy. Jane jo- Jane Doe and pulled her uh, scalp back over her face. Right. Um, um, yeah. So I think so, it was a little better. They a little better done in uh, uh, Autopsy. Jane Doe, but uh, you know, a little more intense. A little more um, technology and CGI involved there. So for sure, for a practical effect, it was actually really good. Yeah, it looked again. Really good. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Herbert's like losing his mind because as, as Dr. Hill's explaining how to do this, you know, Herbert, that confrontation they had when they first met, snaps his pencil <laughs> and Dr. Hill goes, Herbert, maybe you need to invest in a pen. <laughs> and he says, class dismissed. They have this big argument, you know, and, and Dr. Hill says, I'm looking forward to failing you. Um <laughs> talking about you know talk about his ideas are outdated and why are you teaching this gibberish you know you should be teaching more progressive ways of whatever because obviously he's working on something right. um so this is where we get to the to the uh doctor's house because or i'm sorry the dean's house dr hill comes over has this really and th- this is the first indication like like something's wrong with dr hill right because he's very kind of flirty with meg right and it's you know it progresses more throughout the movie but it, it made me really uncomfortable it's like oh yeah he's you know, this a total is creeper 18 right. to 20 or no she's drinking wine so she's probably 21 um no no this is 1985 so she's probably like 18 or 19 18, okay well this guy's <laughs> 50 
fifty. Yeah, oh five yeah, and, and and a professor at the university. Correct. I mean, and it's he's got like, he's got all sorts of power over, and you know, and there's all sorts of issues like that here. So yeah, yeah he's a definite creeper. Yeah, I picked that. I was like, that's terrible. Um, Dan comes to pick her up to study. Um, you know, he's getting a little. Dan's getting. They go to. They go to his house. Right. Um, you know, he's getting a little handsy. You know, he's not doing anything being aggressive, just, you know, trying to get a little right. smooch on. Um, she says, that, you know, both Dr. Hill and, and um, um, Herbert freak her out. Yeah. And then start asking. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry about this, Andy. Um, <laughs> Rufus the cat. Yes. Where's Rufus? Yeah. You know, the, the cat, the, the Rufus doesn't like Herbert, and they're looking around, calling him, and they go into uh, Herbert's room. And there's a, he's got like a mini fridge that's open. <laughs> she looks in there. The cat's dead. Yeah. Did exactly. you know that was a real dead cat? No, I did not. <laughs> that, just the one in the fridge. telling me that. I'm sorry. I thought man. it was a robot cat. What? No. The robot cat comes in later, <laughs> yeah, but they also does. see this green fluid in there. Yep. Um, so, you know, Herbert comes in. He's like, hey, stay out of my room. Very secretive guy. Very kind of shady. Right. He comes in just as they're in his room. He's like, I thought it was renting a private room. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, so he's very upset um, that they've they've kind of invaded his privacy. Or which I would be, too, if my roommate was in my room when I came home from wherever I was. His, his explanation was great, though. Herbert's explanation. Well, I wasn't going to show you. I didn't want it to cause a stink. Uh, the cat suffocated because he got a jar on his head. <laughs> <laughs> yes, he I'm, I'm trying to. I, mean, I, I couldn't quite figure out if that was true or not. I assume it was. I don't think Herbert was like, you know, I don't know. I disagree. You think I, he killed I, the cat on purpose? Oh, I do. You do. Okay. I, I do. I, th- I think he was uh, he was very homicidal. Okay. Um, throughout the movie. No, I, I mean, and I don't deny that. Yeah, you're right. He's He's definitely got a. He's definitely capable. Well, he does kill someone later on. So he kills uh, yeah. Dr. Well, anyway. well, what happened with Dr. Gruber? That's a good question, too. We don't know. I mean, so. you figure out what he did to him. But yeah, right. That's that's beside the point. Um, so basically, uh, what Dan goes to sleep, he hears a screaming or, or a cat like yes. like freaking this out. Is, this is a pretty good scene, actually. This is a great scene. <laughs> um, so he's looking at each room and he's calling for Herbert and. Breaks the the door or breaks down the door of the basement. He falls, and he sees Herbert with the alive Rufus. Like yes, Rufus stuck to his back. It's a pretty funny. Well, it's a pretty good scene. I thought it was hilarious. I thought it was pretty funny. Um, I got to say, his cat stuck to his back, and 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 the sounds the cat was making. I had the uh, I had the. Closed captioning on, and it, it's it called it demonic meowing. <laughs> it's a demonic meowing. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty pretty uh, pretty apt there. Good good job, closed captions. Oh my god! And I, I would say it's dem- it was some demonic meowing going on, and a little hissing and, and other things, you know. I love it. So they chase awesome. they chase this cat around for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan eventually picks it up and throws it against the wall, and then there's right. this clump of something splotch on the wall. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. um, this is where Herbert says, I've found the secret to brain death. So this is, that's what the green fluid is. The, you know, the infamous, if you see the poster, it's Herbert with his lab coat on, holding a syringe with glowing green. Yeah, and you know, I, I thought that was a good effect for 1985, too. I, great. I don't know how they did the glowing fluid. I'm sure it's, you know... Didn't they have, a, like, they could have had glow, glow sticks. I, well, and, well, yeah, yeah. I suppose it was glow stick fluid in there. Yeah, it but, it, but it looked really good. I, I, I thought the effect was pretty cool. Yeah, um, they... Let's see, uh, Herbert wants to prove to Dan that this really does work. 
Um, so he, <laughs> this cat is like broken in half. It's already died once. It's the second time it's died. And then he injects the cat again, and the cat's just wiggling around. Right. And it, See, it was a funny scene because he picks up the cat. He's like, it's dead, right? It's right, dead. And he right. just drops it. Yeah. And then he re-injects it, and this guy's like, you know, just can't move because his back is broken. Right. And and I think this uh, this is the way we see that you can reanimate just parts of people. Yeah. <laughs> not, well, not people. He does that later. But he does that later. You don't necessarily need a uh, functioning body to um, to have it work. So. Yep. Exactly right. Um, so Dan decides to go tell the dean of what's going on that you know this really works. You know the dean is actually really pissed off. Um says I, I guess dan gets suspended yes. for a little while for like a week or whatever he mm-hmm. can't go because they later on they say well he's not supposed to be here uh they kick herbert out of school right um just because of what he's doing um dan and herbert actually sneak into the morgue again well yeah i, I think that they they're doesn't he say something like that that they've just gone off gone nuts or whatever and then they're well, that, do, that's why they get they get they both get kicked out of school basically because uh he thinks they've they've gone insane well that and like you know if you're using school property you know yeah. this, this this could be prosecutable or whatever exactly um so dan and see i don't think dan was though i think dan was just like like it's like a slap on the wrist of you know you can't go to work for a week and i think herbert actually got kicked out just because he was causing problems from the very beginning with dr hill um so they sneak into the sneak into the morgue morgue again um <laughs> and decide to reanimate a bodybuilder they did i actually read <laughs> on imdb that that guy has been the body double for arnold schwarzenegger on uh the OG Terminator. Oh, good. And for Jingle All the Way. He oh, was no the, kidding. Yeah, right. he was the stunt guy for. Really? All right. Yeah, yeah this guy is jacked. Well, yeah. and in, in, in their defense, I guess, in the character's defense, everybody else they looked at was just like uh, rotted, uh, was a shotgun blast to the face, which we also had last week. Um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, there, there were just these mangled bodies in there. So this is the best candidate. He had just died. He's yeah, they were looking for purple. the freshest corpse. Yeah, exactly. You know, he was in perfect health. It just happened to be, yeah, a heart they, 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 they figured like he had a heart attack or something like that, some sort of heart issue. And uh, so he was perfect for this, uh, this, you know, to be reanimated. Only the guy is jacked beyond belief, and everything they've reanimated so far has come violently back to life. So I uh, thought that was uh, maybe, maybe they should have thought ahead on that one a little bit. And uh, Well, yeah, and they have issues with it. You know, he's like uh, administering 15 cc's, and Herbert's getting really pissed off because nothing's happening. He administers some more. They're getting ready to leave, and so this guy just jumps up. Right. You know, and starts beating the hell out of these guys right um the dean and meg have come to the hospital <laughs> right, because they're up. looking they're looking for uh dan and well they, yeah and because they hear that they must have heard that dan had reported to work or something right because yeah. that was what he was upset about he's like did dan come in here he's not supposed to be here and, yeah, yeah exactly um so yeah they go downstairs uh he tells he tells uh, meg to wait because she, he doesn't want her tipping him off right um the dean goes in <laughs> and uh, this reanimated corpse knocks down the door <laughs> yeah, and jumps, jumps on, on it. That was so funny. Yeah, that was that was pretty funny. I will um, admit. 
so Herbert's like convinced that this this corpse can hear him or or, or it's going to you know he can he's going to follow his commands or con- something yeah control him uh-huh. um that's what he thinks but um no he ends up this corpse ends up biting doctor the dean's fingers off throwing it against the wall and killing him right uh herbert takes the bone saw and goes through his body kills the corpse mm-hmm. and has this brilliant idea of hey this is the freshest one we can get the freshest corpse the newest dead body because it just happened right let's reanimate him yeah exactly so again they try it 17 seconds later you know the dean is up and the dean is you know kind of kind of brainless zombified i mean that's exactly what it is it's like a zombie Mm -hmm. um he's still got some conscious because he can still make kind of noise and recognize things right and west i think you know west is excited about this he's he's excited to have the a very fresh human specimen here you know yep uh and uh he he does think that he's going to be able to like control this guy or whatever and uh it's not working too well for him. <laughs> Herbert has a great line. Welcome back to life. He goes, Dean, I appreciate you let me come into your school and welcome back to life. <laughs> so then he <laughs> opens his line. eyes. Uh, yeah, I thought it was kind of silly because Dan is in shock. Yeah. And he, he just curls up in a ball on right. the floor. <laughs> puts a blanket over him. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see here. Dr. Hill, he comes back into the picture, takes the Dean. And for some reason, Dr. Hill in his office has a padded room and they've got a straitjacket. <laughs> he does. On. That is an interesting uh, addition to one's office. Yeah, and it's right room. next to his office. Yeah. He has the one-way mirror. That is interesting. Um, but, um, yeah, so he, he asks Meg uh, for consent to do an experiment on him to see, you know, what's wrong with his brain because he kind of knows what's going on and finding out why he's going insane and acting like this because... Meg doesn't know that he was he died and got injected with this stuff, and Doctor Hill wants to do this experiment, or, or I think he used a surgery or something like that. Yeah, uh, she didn't. She says no. She leaves. Um, let's see. Uh, well, this is he, he lobotomizes him, is what he does later on. Yeah, right. Oh, oh, Dan goes to Meg's house to explain what yeah. uh, he and Herbert did to yep. her dad. Yep. Um, but they kind of cut, and then they go to. Dan and Herbert's house and Dr. Hills shows up saying he knows exactly what happened with the Dean. He wants his research so he can claim it as his own. Right. Um, so he shows the tissue or uh, Herbert shows the tissue of the cat to Dr. Hill and uh, puts that fluid on there. So obviously it like reanimates. So he's, he's very excited about mm-hmm. this they, You know, it actually praises him. He said, this is excellent work. Yeah. You know, meanwhile, gonna... Herbert's behind him sticks a uh, or hits him in the, hits head, him in the head with, with a, a flathead shovel yeah. and then cuts his head off with the shovel yeah. <laughs> yeah stabbing him with the shovel yeah just kind of so he he decapitates him right um he takes <laughs> and then he he makes the choice to reanimate him. well then this the head is, and this the body. Is, this, yeah and this is where he says uh you know i i can just reanimate parts i've yeah. never tried this before right it seems like uh not a good idea with your enemy who is <laughs> Yeah, well, exactly I, I right. Uh, or, I, I mean, I, obviously, West is like a, a little overzealous in his uh, application of, of this uh, reagent that he's he's discovered. That's what it was called, reagent. Uh, yes, uh, he um, he's just looking for every opportunity he can to reanimate the dead with the, with this stuff. So, yeah, I don't know, and he does. But, but I think it's hilarious because he takes the head and it's like one of those um, those spikes that you put notes on. 
um, and he puts yes. the head on there. Uh, well, it won't stay up, so yeah. he yes, he gets the uh, brilliant idea to spike him on one of those uh, note uh, paper uh, spike spikes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So so he reanimates that, and then um, <laughs> the the head comes up. He's looking at him, and then he call him a bastard or something. Yes, like that. He, he that is what he called him. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> re- not realizing the body's actually up, which yeah. was a cool effect. And they did a really good job of that because yeah. I thought that looked really good, yeah. and, and that can go off very poorly. Yeah, and like it, a headless it, body, you can it usually like the torso looks like way too long and stuff. They did a good job of that. Yeah, so uh, the the body smashes um, Herbert's head into the desk, knocks him out. Right. Um, there, uh, Dan and Meg have gone to Doctor Hill's office. And this is where you know that Dr. Hill is a creeper. Yeah, this this is really, really inappropriate. I mean, he, he He's really got gets, her hair yeah. in a file, yeah. um, pictures mm-hmm. and everything else. It's like, oh my gosh, totally yeah. obsessed with Meg. Yep. Uh, they find her dad, and he's just, he, he's like in the corner, crouched in a corner, right. facing away from him, and he turns around. You know, with a blank stare on his face, and he's got a hole in his head. And you had seen Doc, Dr. Hill using a laser earlier in the movie. Um, Dan realizes that he's been lobotomized. Right. Um, so now, apparently, he, he can have control of this reanimated person. Yeah, somehow he has the ability to control these corpses. Yeah, like um, it hits some sort of lobe in the... right. In, in the brain to not only lobotomize somebody and erase memory, mm-hmm. but to control them as well. I, yeah. I thought they did a pretty good job of covering that. Yeah, and I didn't think it needed any more explanation than it had. Um, so, yeah, it, we're, we're getting closer to the end here. Um, the head or the body takes Dr. Hill's head back to the <laughs> office, puts him in yeah. a tray and puts like a, a, a pint of blood in there. Yep. I guess because that's how he's. You know, keeping blood. Going it to seems the brain. to uh, make him feel much better when. Well, when it's he like does going that. to his brain. Like exactly. It must be yeah. like oxygenating his brain or whatever. Yeah, um, yeah and I don't, I don't know how he speaks and gets blood to his brain without a heart and lungs. But hey, whatever. Or or, or a throat. Yeah, exactly. It, it's a movie. Whatever. <laughs> yeah, you know, that's I, all right. You can it. get past that. Yeah. Um, so, this is where like the the head, the body picks up the head, and this is like he he's kind of controlling the dean. Okay, like we need to go now, and there's some big laid out plan. Um, we'll see. <laughs> this was the cool part where you were talking about off uh, before the podcast of there's this like like dummy like uh, of the anatomy of of a head. Yes, right. So the body puts that that plastic thing on, <laughs> and he puts a, a doctor's mask over his exactly, face. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a creepy effect. It, there's this. Uh, yeah, it's like a medical model or something of a, of a head that's mm-hmm. uh, been kind of. Um, half dissected or whatever yeah to show you the like to show like the skull and then right yeah. all the muscle and stuff like that and the uh the corpse's body puts that on his i don't know why you didn't just put dr hill's head on but <laughs> uh you know whatever it was it was creepier that way and then it puts uh, dr hill's head in a bag and sneaks into the horror <laughs> the duffel bag yeah right past the uh smoking uh uh, security, security guard. guard. <laughs> Doctor Hill, is that you? <laughs> <laughs> that is what. That's exactly how he says it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His voice coming from the duffel bag. Yep. Uh, we go back to the dean's house. The uh, we got Dan and Meg there, and then they have a conversation about maybe you should go to a different school or whatever. Um, I wish I couldn't love you. Blah blah blah. 
you know, unnecessary uh, dialogue. But yeah. the dean comes home. Um, Controlled by Dr. Hill. Yeah. yeah knocks, out, uh, knocks out Dan and then takes Meg back right. to, to the... Uh, to the morgue. To the morgue. Yep. Where Dr. Hill straps her naked to a table. Yeah, she's uh, she's strapped down. Uh, <laughs> yes. Clothes get ripped off. Yeah, and uh, so <laughs> I'm sure you read the uh, trivia on this. Uh, Dean, or I'm sorry, uh, Dr. Hill's, uh, he, his body uses his head to like uh, very inappropriately and grossly lick her naked yeah. body, leaving blood all over it and stuff. Yeah. And uh, I'm sure you read this in the IMDb notes that that, uh, I forget who plays Dr. Hill. What's this guy's name again? Uh, His wife was uh, so angry. So he goes over her chest. He's like leaving blood all over the place because his head is still bloody. Right. So he's licking like her breasts and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And then the body like puts his head between starts going between her legs. Uh And at that point, this guy's wife walked out of the movie and said, how could you? (laughs) She was so offended by, by that particular scene that uh, David Gale is the, is the actor's name. His, his wife was, beside herself in anger at this scene so and you know today it really doesn't seem no we've seen lots but, more stuff in in movies but this was um this was a uh upset her very much to be fair he really should have said honey you may not want to watch this right exactly you, you know, might want to prep that, your- that's kind of that's kind of a big curveball it's <laughs> fake i know it's acting right. whatever but that's right. a scene where you maybe give a heads up to your spouse Saying, oh, well, honey, I actually, uh, this scene you may not want to watch. <laughs> right, exactly. So, yes, he's, uh, luckily, before he's able to uh, affect uh, what he's going to try to do between her legs there, he, uh, he is interrupted by uh, Dan and uh, Herbert. Yep, show up. exactly right. Yeah. So, that, you know, they get, they get uh, Meg out of the, you know, out of the restraints. Um, Herbert says he has a plan. Dr. Hill says he has a plan. And then all the corpses this is a get up. Great scene. This when when all those corpses pop up in the morgue. Uh-huh. That had to be just like if you saw that in the theater. Imagine that. Oh, like yeah. in nineteen eighty-five, that would have been a shocking scene, man. It was it was well done, and they just pop up like that. Well, it was well, great. See, and it's like that's you were talking about watching it when you were younger. It's like those, yeah. that's one of the scenes I remember. I oh, remember yeah. the beginning scene. Yeah, I remember that scene, and I remember the head popping scene. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then I also remember the nudity scene because I was. Oh, yeah, and then that's mostly what I remember from this movie is the nudity because yeah. It was so these 12. reanimated corpses and they're all lobotomized because they all yes. have that that hole in their head. So Doctor Hill's able to control all of them, yeah. right? And they attack Dan, um, um, Dan uh, Herbert and Meg. Yeah, and they fight them off. Um, Meg somehow convinces her dad. It's like, I know you're still in there. You're still my dad. So he pushes away some of the corpses, grabs the head of Dr. Hill and starts squeezing it. Right. Um, you know, uh, actually, Herbert's plan was pretty brilliant. He takes uh, he takes two vials of the serum and puts it in the back of the body of Dr. Hill. Right. Say, you know, it's going to be like an overdose. Right. But <laughs> here's where the Lovecraft comes in. Because like this body's starting to dissolve, mm-hmm. and the intestines come out like a tentacle. That's right. And wrap him up. Yeah, you know. So here's your Lovecraft right here. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, they they basically fight him off. Um, Herbert gives Dan the the bag that has the the, the serum in it. Um, 
Dr. Hill's head gets crushed, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah that's a great fact. You, you see a shadow of the Dean getting ripped in half by these other. Yeah. Um, so it's just Dan and Meg that are left, to, you know, fend for themselves. They go to the elevator. Um, Meg gets choked out. She dies. Dan gets away from everybody. Like he cuts off one of the arms with an axe. Yep. Takes her to a hospital bed, trying to resuscitate her. You know, again, that doctor that that made a point of, you know, sometimes you just have to let it go. And, Mm -hmm. you know, there's nothing you can do about it. Um, He goes, okay. So he grabs the bag, sticks her with the serum, cut to black. Right. And Herbert disappears via this, like, portal or something like that. Right. So, I don't know. (laughs) Did we miss anything? 47 minutes? I think that's, I think that's, uh, that's the movie. That is the movie. Mm-hmm. All right, Andy. What are you feeling? Well, this is definitely a classic film. Stuart Gordon is a uh, legend in horror. Um, I think that, you know, like I said, it stands up to today. It's, uh, you know, this movie is, um, I guess, it's, what, 35 years old now. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you can have, you have a movie that's entertaining like this, it's not, it doesn't take you out of the movie uh, with any really anything wrong that they did with it i i i gotta give it like a three and a half i think i think it's a it's a definite classic i don't think it's i mean it's not maybe it's some people's favorite horror movie i'm not sure how many people would categorize this as their favorite horror movie it's it's solid it's a solid horror entry it's got great gore Mm -hmm. um the dialogue is pretty forgettable yeah um although there's some classic lines in it you know uh, you should go get a job at a sideshow. I thought that was kind of funny. Um, and somebody's going to believe a talking head, <laughs> right? Right. And the, so it's got it, the dialogue is kind of weak. I think that a lot was left on the cutting room floor. I'd be interested. I'd be kind of interested to see a director's cut of this with uh, the two and a half hours in it. Mm-hmm. But uh, all in all, it's a it's a competent, well made classic horror movie. Uh, three and a half stars. Okay. Well, everything you said is absolutely correct. It's a classic. This movie is absolutely a classic. You, you got need it. to watch it if you've never seen it before. Mm-hmm. You so do. It's it's got to be on your. Oh, if you're list. a horror fan, you have to have seen this movie. Yeah, I can get past most of the dialogue. Um, you know, there's so many legendary things in here. They, you know, they they kind of set forth. You know, it, it's really influential that you see in some of these mm-hmm. really gore gory movies. Yeah. Um, man, I classic i gotta give it a four dude I, I i think you're totally in line there man that's that's totally yeah i just don't think it rises to a uh, you know it's not a perfect movie no it's really it's not a you texas know? chainsaw i mean if it, you're gonna do a, comparison to because right. it is a classic it's, it's not up there with the exorcist with the texas chainsaw massacre yeah. with you know th- those are the movies i reserve a five for oh for and, sure and um you know i mean those have their flaws too, but but they are they are the pinnacle of horror, and that is that is those are five star movies. This is this doesn't quite attain that level. It's to me the rewatchability is really high on this one because sure I think you is. can have fun with it if you watch it once every year, every two yeah. years, you know, because you'll have a great time with it. All right, cool. That's where we sit for uh, the Reanimator. A very solid solid movie. Uh, coming up next week, we are looking at Satanic Panic. Oh, yeah. Something that Andy and I got to go through in the 80s. We didn't, we weren't a part of it. But Well, all my hobbies are pretty much, uh, you know, I loved heavy metal music and Dungeons and Dragons. They oh, were boy. all attacked by this thing. You were, so. the, you were the bad one. <laughs> I was a bad person. Uh, we're going to follow that up with the original The Wicker Man from 1975, June 19th. We're looking at The Hunt, which is brand new. I'm very 
because it's so polarizing of, of yeah, everything right. that is. I'm real interested to see it too. Yeah, me too. So we'll, uh, that that's what June starting to look like for us. Uh, also, don't forget to go out and get Andy's book. We posted it up on our Instagram page, <laughs> the Siberian yeah. Incident. John keeps two. plugging it, man. I don't know. I I don't I, ask him to do this. He just does it on his own. I'm just looking for a cut. That's <laughs> yeah, all I'm pray, looking that's, for. That's what I'm you just want. kidding. No, dude, I, I will so, support anything you put out. I so definitely that, go John. get the uh, Siberian. Well, you got your own things going on this weekend. I do. Uh, I was in, graciously invited to join the Straight Chillin' podcast That's on awesome. Sunday, yep. which should be out Sunday night. Uh, we're going to be talking about Tucker and Dale versus Evil. Great I, movie. I, I watched it again today. I'm not going to spoil it, but man, there is one scene I had to rewind over and it's the wood chipper scene. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I rewinded it's it great. probably six times. That's, that's a great, great so, movie. Yeah. So be listening for that or check your, uh, check your social medias. I'll be plugging that away. Uh, everybody have a wonderful weekend. Stay safe out there and we will talk to you next week.